We are going to be in 1 Corinthians 15 this morning. I'll give everybody a second to turn there. 1 Corinthians 15. We'll be in verse 35 through verse 49. 1 Corinthians 15, 35. When you get it, say, Got it. Got it. All right. Good deal. We have been talking about the resurrection and the significance of the resurrection. The significance being it's the most important thing that's ever happened. The problem with the Corinthians is there was some doubt as to uh, the resurrection of the dead. Uh, there was some doubt as to whether people were actually being resurrected. There was a, a, a sense of hopelessness among the people uh, that they believed that once they died in this life, that that was it, that that was the end. And Paul was correcting that false belief. He was saying, no, understand what's going on here. Understand that, look, as a Christian, you are suffering because Christ said you would. You suffer when you live for Christ. We see that in Paul's life, but we also probably see that in, in some ways in our own life. And Paul was saying we would, be, we would be fools to suffer through this life for a Savior who was not going to offer us anything better. But Paul says we're not fools because we know that Jesus has been raised from the dead. We know that Jesus is resurrected. We don't serve a Savior who is going to leave us hopeless, but we serve a Savior who has given us hope because He has conquered death. He has conquered sin. And so Paul is trying to correct the Corinthians' way of thinking so that they are not uh, confused about the resurrection. He is assuring them that there is a life to come, that there is an afterlife, that there is, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, an eternal life. If we reject Jesus Christ, there is an eternal wrath, as we read at the end of John chapter 3. And that's what we've talked about and looked at up until this point uh, in the uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we are continuing on with that idea of resurrection, but more so along the lines of, okay, if there is a life to come, what is the afterlife going to look like in terms of our bodies? What are, what are our bodies going to look like when we leave this place and we go to be with the Lord? How will that take place? Now, Paul knew that there may be some confusion in regards to that. He goes on to say, not in any of the verses we look at today, but in the verses we'll look at next week, he refers to these things as a mystery because it's kind of hard for us to wrap our head around. But that's what Paul is talking about in these verses today. So, 1 Corinthians 15, 35. But someone will say, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come? Foolish one, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you are not sowing the future body, but only a seed perhaps of wheat or another grain. But God gives it a body as He wants, and to each of the seeds its own body. Not all flesh is the same flesh. There is one flesh for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is different from that of the earthly ones. 
There is a splendor of the sun, another of the moon, and another of the stars, for one star differs from another star in splendor. So it is with the resurrection of the dead, sown in corruption, raised in incorruption, sown in dishonor, raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power, sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is first. Or excuse me, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth and made of dust. The second man is from heaven. Like the man made of dust, so are those who are made of dust. Like the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the man made of dust, we also bear the image of the heavenly man. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these words, and I pray, God, that you would just help me to preach and teach in a way that's going to benefit us today, dear Lord, that's going to draw us to you. God, help us to wrap our minds around this mystery of the resurrection. God, not that we doubt that it's going to take place, but we just wonder, dear Lord, what is it going to be like? What are we going to be like? What are things going to be like? God, help us to be okay if we don't have the answers we want, but God, help us to look forward to a better life. Help us to look forward to the fact that we will one day be changed, that we won't have to be in these sinful bodies forever. I pray, God, that Jesus Christ is glorified. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, dear Lord, as I preach these words. I pray that you take away any fear. I pray that you take away any pride. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would help me to be focused entirely on these words. God, recall to my mind the things that you would have me to say, God, so that we can grow in you today and that Jesus Christ will be glorified. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul begins to uh, talk about this idea of a transformation. Now, he doesn't use the word transformation here, but that is what he is describing. We are here on this earth right now, and those of us who put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ will one day go to be with Jesus Christ. We will have an eternal life, and we will be in heaven with the Lord. Amen? That's a good day. That's a great day because we will leave behind all these bodies and what comes with them. Now, I don't think that any of us would have a problem with that. I would hope not because think about that for a second. Think about these old bodies. The first thing that comes to my mind as I look out across to you guys is my eyes aren't as good as they used to be. Everything seems kind of blurry. I can't uh, do some of the things I used to could do, and I'm still a relatively young man. I wouldn't say that I'm old, but if I get out and, and do a lot or begin to run a lot, all of a sudden my knee starts to pop. Now, what causes that? I hadn't done anything to it. There are things in our bodies as we get older that begin to break down. We can't hear as well. I don't know about you guys, but I hate it when I get sick. It doesn't matter if it's the littlest sickness in the world. I, I hate it. Michelle can attest to that. I, she says I'm not tough. I'm just a wimp. Now I hear other women say that too. That men are just that men are that men are just wimps. Yeah. Have you said that before? 
Well, she said she hadn't, but I think I've heard her say that. If I, if she didn't say that, I apologize for lying. But, but I, I think I've heard her say before that that I need to toughen up, and that's probably, yeah, yeah, that's right. And so I interpreted, maybe it was misinterpretation. I interpreted that as, as me being a wimp. So, so she said I needed to toughen up. But I've heard other women say that before about men. I won't name any names. That sometimes us men, when we get sick, we're not very tough. I apologize, babe. I'm sorry. And, uh, and so let's get back on track here. The point being is that, that these old bodies, they, they get sick sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's simple sicknesses, colds and whatnot. Other times uh, it's things like cancer, things that cause us great pain. And so when we look at these earthly bodies, I don't want to keep this body. I don't want to keep a body that's going to continue to wear out if I make it to 70, 80, 90 years old. Things will be even worse than they are now. And so why would we want to keep these bodies? Well, we shouldn't want to keep these bodies because we are told in Scripture, as we are pointed out here by Paul, that there is a change that takes place. You see, we don't take these old sinful, worn-out bodies to heaven with us. We are, are given a new body. We are made a new creation in Christ, and we see that fully come to be when we make it to heaven, when we go to be with the Lord. And so Paul was saying here in the first verse that we looked at, he says, But someone will say, How are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come. Now, that's a good question. Uh, what kind of body will we have? If Paul is making the argument that the dead are raised, it, it is, it's only natural for us to wonder and to think and to imagine what are our heavenly bodies going to look like? Well, I don't know the answer to that. May they, may, might they look in some way like our bodies look today? Well, I think possibly so. The reason I say that is because we are created in the image of God. We see that in Scripture. And if our earthly bodies are created in the image of God, then it stands to reason for me that there's a possibility that there are some parts of our heavenly body, our spiritual body, that may have some resemblance there. It may not whatsoever. It may look totally different. It's really something that we can only speculate and imagine about. It's probably something that even if we saw a heavenly body, a spiritual body, we may not be able to describe it very well. But Paul says between this life and the life to come, these old bodies aren't going to make it to heaven as they are now. There has to be a change. There has to be a transformation. A transformation that may be unexplainable to us. Now, I've placed here on the screen a picture of one of my favorite childhood heroes, Optimus Prime. He is a Transformer. Now, if you've watched the new Transformers movies, uh, these Transformers are, are vehicles. He's an 18-wheeler. There are some that are cars or trucks or whatever. And, and what happens is it's pretty unbelievable what special effects can do. They take these cars, and all of a sudden these parts start to move, and they twist around, and before you know it, you see all of these moving parts and gears and twisting around, and they change from something that they were to something totally new. And it happens so quick on the screen, you say, well, wait a minute, how did that happen? That doesn't even look like the same thing anymore. There was a transformation that took place, and it's unexplainable how all those gears and parts can turn a truck into a robot, but we just accept it because we see that there's a difference between the two objects. 
And in my mind, maybe not in your mind, but in my mind that helps me to kind of understand what it's going to be like. There's going to be a transformation that's going to take place between the me that's standing here now and the me that's going to be in heaven. And it's going to be so quick that I'm going to... Well, I'm probably not going to think anything about it. But here in my mind, I think, boy, I'm going to think, how did that happen? What was the process? What, what happened that, that I was changed from this old body, that, that God takes my soul and my spirit, and I'm transformed into something new? It's a process that is unexplainable, but it's a process that you can, you can rest assured will happen. Why? Because God's Word tells us it will happen. Now, Paul goes on on to use the illustration and the idea of sowing a seed here. He says maybe something like a seed of grain or a seed of wheat. I believe what Paul is doing is he's using a human illustration to help the people understand. And that's something that we can probably understand. If you've ever planted a garden or planted flowers, you've probably dealt with a seed. And the seed is probably small. It's usually hard. And it in no way resembles what is going to come from that seed. And oftentimes we plant that seed in the ground and if all goes well, it is watered and it is fertilized and pretty soon, lo and behold, boop, a little green starts to poke through the soil. And pretty soon it begins to grow and grow and grow depending on the type of seed that it was, uh, how big it will be. But I think Paul uses this illustration because maybe it helps us to understand. Just as a seed is put into the ground and buried and looks one way, when it, when it is raised, when it comes through, it, is a whole, it looks totally different. It's a whole new thing. And so it is for us. As our bodies in this world die, we are placed in the ground. God's Word says that we will be raised again. But when we come from the ground, we will be different than when we went into the ground. We will be changed. We will be made new. We will be a new creation. And so uh, our, our earthly bodies that we have here, they are good for now. God blesses us and these things wear out. But we don't look toward heaven thinking that we're going to have to suffer through an eternity in this old worn out body. Praise the Lord that we will receive a new body, a spiritual body. Now we have a physical body now and we have a a spirit in our body. Uh, But when we get to heaven we will not have a physical body in the same sense we do now. But we will have a spiritual body. And Paul is trying to explain these things to the people so that they will understand that there's a difference in different types of bodies. He goes on to list a few examples. Animals and fish and and, and, and all have different types of bodies. And we are all uh, different and there's going to be a change from this body that we have now and this life that we have now and the body that we will receive in the life to come. The difference being, as he begins to point out in verse 42, so it is with the resurrection of the dead, sown in corruption, raised in incorruption. You see, our bodies as they are now, they are corrupt. We are corrupted by our sin. Now, through Jesus Christ, if we've placed our trust in Him, we are forgiven of our sins, praise God. But we still have these old sinful bodies that are tainted by the effects of sinfulness over the years. They are corrupted. 
And these old bodies that are corrupt are laid in the ground to rest. But when we are raised and made a new creation through Jesus Christ, we are raised in incorruption. Because our sinfulness has been forgiven. Our new spiritual body is a new body separate from our old body that is, that is free from that sinfulness and all the things that come with us. So what is the significance of the resurrection? It's that transition. It's that transformation between where we are now and what we are going to be like for all of eternity. We are corrupt now, but when we are raised, when uh, we leave this world, we will be transformed into those who are incorrupt through the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 43, Sown in dishonor, raised in glory. Sown in weakness, raised in power. This idea of our bodies being weak, we talked about that. We don't have to talk about it. We know. We know that every year that goes by when we wake up and get out of bed that our body's a little different than it was last year. We understand that our bodies now are weak. We are buried in weakness. We are sown in weakness, but we are raised in power and strength of the Lord. He goes on to say in verse 44, sown a natural body and raised a spiritual body. He then goes on to make the connection between the, the <coughs> earthly body and the spiritual body. He goes back to Adam. There's often references back to Adam in the New Testament and Paul uses one of these references here. He, he speaks of Adam as the first man. He was the one that came, but through Adam there was an earthly body that was created, and God breathed life into that body. But it's that earthly body in Adam uh, that is a sinful body. There had to be a better way. There had to be another way. And he begins to, be, to, to, to switch his attention to the heavenly man or the heavenly being, the one from heaven. And he's speaking of Jesus Christ here. He's speaking of the spiritual. He's speaking of Jesus who came from heaven and was not just a human body, but who was God himself in the flesh. And he makes this connection between our bodies are sinful because of the first Adam and because of Eve and the sin that they uh, committed and the sin that you and I commit. Our, our earthly bodies are, are of, of no real use for eternity. Through the first Adam, we receive these sinful earthly bodies, but through uh, the second Adam, through Jesus Christ, through the heavenly one that Paul talks about here, uh, we receive a spiritual body. We are made new. But Paul goes on to say that there's a process that has to take place. There's a process that has to take place. He says that the natural uh, comes before uh, the spiritual. The spiritual cannot come unless the natural comes first. And that's why we have hope because of Jesus Christ. Because we're not just living in the natural. We are waiting for the spiritual. We are waiting for the time that our bodies are transformed to a new body. Now, in Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven of our sins if we have accepted Him and made Him our Lord and Savior, but we haven't been completely and fully transformed. There's still something else that's going to take place when we leave this life and we make it to the life to come. But we have to make it through this life. We have to live in the natural before we make it to the spiritual. 
We have to know that there is hope for a better future. We have to know that these old bodies that we have now that are going to wear out, that are going to get sick, that are not going to work as good as they used to, we have to know that God has prepared for us something better. He has prepared for you a better tomorrow. He has prepared for you a place that there is no more suffering and heartache and pain. And we need to know and make sure that we uh, don't believe like the Corinthians and doubt that there is a resurrection and doubt that there is a better life to come and just and doubt the, the process of how, of how that transformation takes place. And we may not understand fully how that transformation takes place, but we know that it takes place. And we know that we are living in the cycle, uh, the plan that God has put into place. We are living in these old bodies now, and we want to make the most, uh, get the most out of them that we can while we are on this earth. God gives us a job to do. God calls us to serve Him. God calls us to go and reach the poor and needy. God calls us to go and share the gospel with lost souls. And while these bodies may wear out, we have a job to do. We are called to serve the Lord. Let us get the most out of these bodies that we can in service to the Lord in whatever way that we can serve and whatever way that we can share the love of Christ and whatever way that we can help those who are in need. Let us be ready for when that day comes, that when our bodies are placed in the ground, that we uh, don't dread that day like those who have no hope, but that we look forward today knowing that when that day comes, that we will be sown in corruption, but we will be raised incorrupt. We will be sown in a body that's full of problems and a physical body, but will we be, be raised in a spiritual body that has been transformed through Jesus Christ? The question that you have to answer and ask yourself is, has your soul been cleaned by Jesus Christ? Has, have your sins been forgiven? Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Are, are, when that day comes that Jesus Christ returns, or when that day comes that you draw your last breath on this earth, what kind of future do you have to look forward to? Are you going to be raised as a splendid spiritual body who is with the Lord? Are you going to be one whose soul is separated from God for all of eternity and suffers great punishment and great wrath? We all have that decision to make as to whether or not we are going to accept Jesus Christ. We are all sinful in this body, but praise the Lord, through Jesus, we have an opportunity to be forgiven. Our sins can be forgiven, and when that day comes, we can put our hope in a resurrection that is going to take place and a victory that is going to come through Jesus Christ. If you've never experienced the victory through Jesus Christ, then you need to give your life to Him. You need to ask Him to forgive you of your sins, and you need to make Him your Lord and Savior today before it's too late so that you can be transformed into something more beautiful than you could ever imagine when the time comes. Let's pray. God, I come to you this morning. I thank you for your words and I pray that you just would uh, help us to, to understand what your words say in here, dear Lord. God, help there not to be any confusion about the resurrection. God, maybe there's mystery there. Maybe we don't understand that change that is going to happen in our life. But I pray, God, that you would, you would just help us to know that, that, that you're going to make it happen. It doesn't matter if we know all the details, dear Lord. I pray that if there are any in this room today that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would make that commitment today, that they would make that decision today. 
God, that when this life is over and we are uh, put into the ground, dear Lord, that these old sinful bodies will be raised incorrupt, dear Lord, that these old sinful bodies will be a new creation, will be a heavenly body, a spiritual, spiritual body, God, that you have uh, created. And so, God, I pray that if there's one in this room that doesn't have the hope of a, of a better future, that doesn't have the hope of eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ, that today, in these few minutes, dear Lord, that you would just convict their heart, that you would help them to turn their life to you, dear Lord God, and that they would give their life to Jesus Christ and accept him as their Lord and Savior. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.